Welcome to The Audio Advocate. I'll be stepping in as your host for the next two months while Maddie is on maternity leave. I'm Hunter Brin, the Digital Media Specialist at the Conference Center. Today, our featured segment is about leadership and specifically student leadership at one of our campus ministries at Virginia Tech. Take a listen to my interview with the Reverend Brett Gresham as we chat about leadership and learn more about the campus ministry. For our featured interview today, we are talking with the Reverend Brett Gresham, who is in campus ministry at Virginia Tech. So Brett, thank you so much for being with us. Yeah, thanks for having me on. I'm excited. So we, I wanted to talk with you about leadership, kind of leadership for you and also leadership for your students. As we're recording this, it is August. And so I know that you are already gearing up um, and have been gearing up for the new college year. And this will be airing in September. So I wanted to start with, you've been in campus ministry for a number of years at Virginia Tech. And for people who might not be familiar, what does that look like for you? What does that look like for the students in ministry? Yeah, I mean, first of all, I'm like, thanks. You're like throwing me under the bus with how old I am, right? Like you've been in campus ministry for a long time. Um, (laughs) Just telling telling everybody how old I am. Um, Yeah, and and one, I appreciate the opportunity to share about campus ministry because, I mean, I believe it's integral uh, to our connection um, in the United Methodist Church. It's one of those things where... um, you know, I think it kind of goes under the radar um, and and people just don't realize what's happening. And so the opportunity to kind of share about the incredible ministry that goes on across our campus ministries in the conference um, is, is extremely exciting for me. Um, it's, you know, one of the things that I always talk about is it's kind of hard for campus ministries in our tradition, um, especially in some of the mainline, de- you know, Protestant denominations. Because we are, you know, for lack of a better word, competing with a lot of non-denominational parachurch ministries who have staff of 30 some people um, and things like that. And so for me, the reason why it's integral is if we're wanting to keep our young adults connected into our connection um, into the United Methodist Church, that we've got to get them involved in our campus ministries. It is it's vital. Um, and, and we've seen the fruits of it. Right. It's um, I mean. It's one of those things where a lot of our students are, you know, then now becoming leaders in local churches and United Methodist churches. And so when people are like, I want young adults in my local churches, well, this is how it happens, right? Um, you, you continue the formation and, and living into our baptismal covenants. Um, so campus ministry, I mean, it is a 24-7 type job during the semester. It's... Um, I mean, our campus ministry, I can speak for us at Virginia Tech, we have something going on every single night of the week. Um, Our building is open basically 24-7. We have some residents that uh, will lock it up around, you know, 12 o'clock or one o'clock in the morning. And, but people are there, um, you know, for programmatic events, whether that's small groups, what we call our communities of grace. Um, We have worship on Wednesday nights uh, for, you know, you know, for students at Tech. Um, we do two mission events throughout the week so that are consistent. So we have a, a food pantry, um, you know, 209 Mana Ministries, and we have, or actually, I'm sorry, it's now called 209 Marketplace at Virginia Tech. Um, and then we also, which is run out of our building, and then we also go and we tutor middle school and high school youth at a local um, trailer park in, in our, um, in Blacksburg. So, you know, it is just something constant all the time. Uh, it is evolving every single year. 
We have a new quote unquote church every year because we have new students coming in and our seniors are leaving. So um, it's, it's, it's just one of those things where you're constantly seeking new members as well as developing um, your, your current members. It's a, a lot of pastoral care. Um, I think that's one of the biggest things is, is that it's a lot of pastoral care. Um, these students are trying to figure out who they are and what they want to do. And so working with them around vocation and identity um, takes up a lot of, of the space that I have as a campus minister. So I know that's a lot, um, but that's, you know, campus ministry is just, it's, it's a lot of everything, um, but that's what makes it so much fun. Well, because I think people would be surprised, especially how much you guys are doing and what a week looks like. And so for the students, I mean, it's not just participating. It's a lot about leadership. So how do they um, learn about that in the campus ministry at Tech? Yeah, so in our campus ministry, we are a student led ministry. So I am there to support them. One of the things that I found out really quickly is that for us to grow capacity and, and have the numbers of students that some of these other organizations have, I can't have a staff of 30. So I realized that what I will do is actually build up the student leadership so that they lead that, um, all the aspects of our ministry, and then I help them. So um, we are very much team-based. Um, we have a process that goes, this is, this is crazy if you think about it with students. We start in November with a team. It's called our discernment team. And they build team um, over, well, they have 60 plus hours of time together from November till about March. Um, so the time commitment is, is incredible. Um, they're meeting for two to three hours once a week um, during that entire time and, and over break. But what they do is they are constantly looking at what's our vision for our ministry and then how are we going to get there? Um, once we kind of understand that and understand our context, um, we are able then, they, they discern their leaders for next, the next coming year. Um, so it's not a vote, um, but they look at what are the gifts needed to, to get what we want done? And then who are those people that can help us to get that stuff done? Um, who, who are the people that have those gifts? Um, and so it, it is a very spirit-filled, prayer-led process that takes a ton of time, but it has helped our students realize the leadership that uh, they have and the leadership that it takes to, to run a campus ministry. Um, our areas, we, we have five ministry areas and what we call our ministers that lead them. So that's discipleship, worship, outreach, fellowship, and mission. And that forms our, camp, our core ministry team. Um, and so in that group, um, they lead their own teams. And so we try to get every single person at Wesley plugged into a team and working on some task within it. So throughout their four, five, six, however many years in college, they're growing and they're learning how to lead um, as well as um, having opportunities to do it. So as with everyone, the pandemic had different kind of effects on everyone. As you look back at last year, what effect did the pandemic have on your students, on your campus ministry, and, and the vision of where you see this campus ministry going? You know, I mean, that is a, a, a great question and one that, that I love to answer for people um, because I'm still amazed at our students. Um, the way they adapted on the fly, um, 
we came back from our spring break mission trip. So we were on our spring break mission trip in Fort Myers, Florida, um, doing hurricane recovery relief. And on that Wednesday, they get all of their phones blow up uh, with, um, hey, you're not going to be at tech anymore. You're going fully online. Um, that night, I can tell you, was one of the toughest nights I've ever had in campus ministry. Um, they, uh, you know, we had a time of worship and students were truly freaking out. Um, they were, you know, not knowing what was next and they were, you know, incredibly scared. Um, anxiety was through the roof. But we left there. Um, and so we transitioned our leadership team after spring break. So mind you, we're coming back from spring break. Our new leadership is taking off at that time and they're all going home. And so um, we make a 16 hour in one day trip home on that Saturday. And um, when we get home, that new leadership team, because of the culture that we built, stepped right into it. And the first thing they asked was, what's our new context? So we began thinking, okay, here's, here's what's going on. Here's what we're thinking about maybe in the fall, um, but this is our new context. So then what do we have to do to get to our vision? Um, and, and they did that so incredibly well. They adapted. Um, we grew last year as a campus ministry, um, which is a testament to their leadership. Um, and I mean, it was tiring, but they, I mean, our summers normally kind of take a break. Um, other than some planning and administration, uh, last summer, it was full tilt. We were having small groups. We were having worship. We were doing all of these things because people knew we wanted to maintain the community because community is so important to us. Yeah, that's really incredible. Yeah, they are. They are unbelievable. Uh, the students, they amaze me each and every day. Um, mm -hmm. I, I, you know, I get emotional many times uh, with them and they're like, here goes Brett again, crying about how awesome we are. And I'm like, <laughs> I, maybe it's because I've, you know, as you said, I'm so old and I've been in campus ministry so long. <laughs> I believe, sir, that I did not say you're so old. <laughs> oh my goodness. So we're going to shift gears here a little bit. I know that you and some of our other campus ministers around the conference have been involved with SLI. Um, or Spiritual Leadership Institute, and this may be a familiar name to other conferences and other church leaders as a model of spiritual leadership that focuses on loving, learning, and leading. Can you talk about kind of the collaboration that you and other campus ministers have in the conference and what you all have learned about leadership, whether it's through SLI or just in work together? Yeah, it's, it is something that has been transformational for me personally. Um, it was, we didn't know necessarily what we were getting into when uh, we were brought onto this team. Um, but quickly, um, what I found is that SLI gave a language and a framework and a process that we were somewhat doing already, but it gave some processes that just helped me to, to refine what we did at Wesley. Um, so for me, the team really helped me um, in going through the SLI process and, and you know, meeting eight hours a month together um, doing adaptive work, it helped me to take it and then put it into, um, into, into work at Wesley um, pretty quickly. And so, you know, SLI is, is um, you know, a process that really focuses on developing spiritual leaders first. And so it was one of the first times that I had the opportunity to be like, okay, this is about me growing um, 
as a disciple of Jesus Christ, but also like as a, a leader in my community. And it's the ripple effect. When I started working on myself, it helped my person, you know, my personal life, but it also helped the community that I'm a part of at Wesley, which then also helped to transform, you know, our community. And hopefully that just continues working its way out. Um, you know, but th that's the first thing is, is it's about developing spiritual leaders. And that was really helpful for us as campus ministers to get together and do that work together. Um, the other is that it creates environments that foster transformation. So it's in those team meetings, it, it, in loving and learning and leading, it's just creating an environment where there's opportunity to think outside the box. There's opportunity to um, vision a new way forward, um, to have some actual steps to get there. Um, I think that's a big piece of it. I, you know, one of the questions that was asked is, you know, in the churches that you've been a part of, how many of them have a discipleship process, right? Um, and I couldn't name any. We were like, oh, well, how do you make disciples? Well, we do worship in small groups, but this gave some language to say, well, what about some steps to take people through a discipleship process? Um, we use that at Wesley. Ours are discover, connect, equip, send. So we want to discover students. We want to connect them into our ministry. We want to equip them uh, as disciples. And then we want to send them out, whether that's back out into the Virginia Tech community or when they graduate into the local church. Um, but having that understanding helps you to see, you know, that you're developing passionate spiritual leaders who are then developing passionate spiritual leaders. So it becomes generative. Um, and, and that's the big thing is I love that it, there is this fruit bearing where you want to be generative in it. And so that's, you know, what I've gotten from the time, uh, I've been on the campus ministry team for SLI for six years now. Um, so it's, you know, it, it's just something that I believe in. I think it's extremely helpful for, um, for people individually, but also communities. Mm. So you talked about those steps for the students um, leaving campus ministry at Virginia Tech. So what is the ultimate hope as they leave campus ministry, they go out into the world um, for you? Yeah, I mean, one is I want them to see that we that ministry is something that's done collectively as the body of Christ. Um, it is uh, team based. Um, that's really important to us. Um, uh, I heard once, um, that, and I, I can't remember who, who said it, but I think it was George Acevedo actually, um, from Grace Church. And he said, um, solo heroic leadership is the path to destruction. So I want them to understand that if you're trying to be a solo heroic leader, you're not going to get anywhere. So you have to rely on your teams. Um, and, and really that's scriptural, right? I mean, you know, we are understood to be the body of Christ and I don't have to be the ear, the hands, the eyes, the feet, and everything, right? I get to, mm -hmm. I get to be the eyes and let other people be the hands and feet, um, you know, that type of thing. So, I mean, our vision at Wesley um, is, and so this is, this is, if, if we do what we're supposed to do, this is what we think, you know, um, you know, our students will attain. Um, and it's, you know, to be a grace-filled community, where people feel safe and supported in their journey to explore and to grow in their faith, um, in their relationships with each other without any conditions or preconceived notions. Um, we really want to develop and send out our students as peacemakers and disciples in the world, um, rooted in a, in a strong faith, but also in the relationships that we build. So, 
you know, if they can then go out and go into the local church and, and make a difference in, in a local church, then that's great. Whether that's ministry uh, as a lay person or ministry as an uh, ordained person, um, you know, it, it doesn't matter. Uh, we have a lot of students. I think there's 13 students in my, you know, 12 years uh, here at Tech that have gone on to go to seminary and, and then pastor churches or to be chaplains or you know, whatever God's called them to, um, that's not a Brett thing. That's just a culture thing, right? That we are wanting to develop people to, to be leaders and, and be sent out. Um, you know, it's, I, I think we see it in the things that they do, which is like, you know, leading youth retreats uh, for, you know, different districts. Um, they do that. And then they start sensing a call um, or they sense, hey, I want to be, I want to do this in whatever church I get uh, to be a part of. So it's giving opportunities uh, for us to live into that vision. So there's a lot going on in the UMC right now. And I know that we're looking towards next year, hopefully having a general conference. Um, but when we look at the UMC, um, what kind of leadership is needed right now? And maybe what can the UMC learn from campus ministry about the kind of leaders we need? Yeah, um, what a what a great question. <laughs> it's, uh, you know, I, I think it's a question that we need to ask ourselves, um, first of all. Um, it's a question that I think all of us need to look in the mirror and realize, you know, what do we need to do? Mm -hmm. um, when I think of that, I think the first word that comes to mind um, is grace. Uh, maybe it's because, you know, I'm Wesleyan and, um, you know, um, but I, I think that we need to lead from a, a place of grace um, with one another, um, but also transparency. Um, you know, I think that it, there's a lack of trust um, across our denomination. Um, and, and so how can we be transparent and be vulnerable so that others can trust? Um, what's going on. Um, and, you know, it's, uh, uh, I, I love the book. I have every single one of my student leaders read it. It's called Five Dysfunctions of a Team. And, um, you know, and it talks about if you don't have trust, um, then you're never going to be able to have healthy conflict. And so for us, I think being vulnerable, being transparent will help us as a, a community that have healthy conflict. Right now, I think we see conflict. <laughs> I think we see division. But what does it look like to have healthy conflict and accountability to our actions? Um, and so, and I think a lot of that then stems to being a being the body of Christ, um, being team based. Uh, it's it's not just something that happens in the local church. Instead of having top down leadership, what does it look like to be organic? Um, and allow people to use their gifts in the way that God's calling them to. So I don't know, that's a lot, um, but you know, I think it all just starts with grace uh, and love for one another, so. That's so true. I think the place I'd like to leave us is just real quick, if there's anything else you wanna say about campus ministry or how you would encourage people to get plugged in, um, even if they're not attending college, how they can maybe put someone's name forward and remind them that there's campus ministry at the school they're going to. Yeah, I, well, now we're at another hour podcast because I could go on and on about this. Um, I think, you know, the biggest thing is, um, and I know it's hard, but, you know, tech is, um, you know, we have 33,000 students, undergrad and graduate. Um, from our conference, um, in terms of students that are going to Virginia Tech from our local churches, 
um, I get around 15 names a year. Um, with 33,000 students, I can guarantee you there's more than 15 United Methodist students from our local churches that are coming uh, to Virginia Tech. And so the, the biggest thing we need is people to, you know, whether it's pastors or youth pastors or whatever, to give us names. And it's not just, hey, here's a name because we can't do anything with just, you know, you know, Robert, whatever, you know, um, it, we, 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 yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so we need, you know, email addresses. We need home addresses. Wesley uh, at Virginia Tech, when we get those during the summer, we send a box of Wesley swag to every student that we get, right? So they're getting, uh, you know, a cup and a, a water bottle and sunglasses and, you know, things like that. So that helps us to get them connected to us before they even step on campus. Um, and so, you know, once they get on campus with 33,000 students and at Tech, we have almost 40 Christian campus ministries. Imagine how hard it is for us to get them to Wesley without a connection already. Mm -hmm. um, and so, you know, we ha I have some pastors that email me every year and some youth pastors that give me names. They give me information about this person. So, you know, wh what sports they play, what things they're involved in, how active they were in at, at their youth group. And so I already have a context in which to, you know, minister to them already. Um, and so that's the biggest thing. Our campus ministries, we need the names. We need them early um, so that we can continue to connect with them, you know, or else it's just, it really is, you know, trying to find needles and haystacks on these campuses, right? Um, yeah. So it's, it's so vital. And I know the churches have put so much time into investing into their youth that, you don't want to just lose that when they go off to college. Exactly. Um, but right now we are. Um, and so we, we need to, I, I feel like it's my soapbox, but we need to do a better job of connecting our youth to our United Methodist campus ministries, not to crew, not to IV, not to, you know, they don't have a Wesleyan theology and they don't have what United Methodist churches that they're going to connect them back to. So if we want them to come back to our churches, we need to connect them to our United Methodist Campus Ministries. Exactly. So what Sorry nice, for going off no, on that. No, I love the soapbox. What a nice way to welcome them. I'm going to enter my information for a swag bag. <laughs> um, but thank you so much, Brett, for being with us. That was the Reverend Brett Gresham talking with us about leadership. Um, and just thank you for your time. Thank you. It's so good to see you on Zoom. Um, and uh, thank you for the opportunity to share. As an addendum to our featured interview, my conversation with Brett was recorded just a few days before the campus ministry had several of their pride flags removed from the building and replaced with Confederate flags by a vandal. Many news outlets in the days that followed, including CNN and the Washington Post, reached out to Brett and covered the story. What resulted is very reflective of the leadership that Brett and I discussed in our conversation. Brett was quoted sharing that the ministry strives to be a safe, grace-filled community to support students growing in their faith or questions or doubts. In the wake of the incident, he was concerned for their LGBTQ community and all students and how they would be affected. For him, it was important to make sure that they all knew that they were that they are supported embraced, and loved. He is quoted as saying, this is a call to continue to love all people and to pray for all people, even the people who have done this, and that's a hard thing to do, but something we are called to in our faith. 
the outpouring of support for the campus ministry from the university to the conference to other groups and individuals has included calls, donations, and prayers. You never know when your ministry may cause a positive or negative reaction. In this case, Wesley has shown that they will continue to live out their call of love out loud and will stay strong in the face of hate. And now for a short break. The Thousand Question Christian podcast is back for season two. For Christians and non-Christians alike, the podcast delves into weird questions about faith and Bible questions with UMC pastors. You can go to vaumc.org backslash digital hub to listen, or you can also find the podcast on platforms such as Apple or Spotify. Here are your headlines for the month of September. As the world witnesses the humanitarian crisis occurring in Haiti after the 7.2 magnitude earthquake that crippled an already vulnerable nation, Virginia conference members have been quick to do what they can. Northern Virginia churches Grace United Methodist and Wesley United Methodist in Vienna are holding a medical supply drive. They're hoping to collect items such as slings, crutches, protein bars, ibuprofen, and more. All donations must be received by September 9th. You can find more resources and information on how you can help Haiti at the VAUMC.org. With Afghanistan refugees making their way to the U.S., the Virginia Conference is doing what they can by forming a refugee response team. The Serving Ministry, in partnership with Learning Ministries, are working on resources for education, opportunities to serve, and connecting to those in need. You can also find more information on this at VAUMC.org. Learning Ministries are calling all youth leaders. Join our Associate Director of Learning Ministries, Reverend Nikki Moreno-Howard, for a Zoom and lunch on September 15th at noon. Learn about their upcoming retreat, the theme, and how to register. They'll also be sharing plans for rebuilding CCYM. This is their first youth ministry leader Zoom and lunch. You can join every second Wednesday of the month by registering at vaumc.org slash youth ministry. And that's it for our headlines. Now for our one last word. Recently, I was listening to the audiobook of Dolly Parton's Song Teller, where she reflects on the stories behind many of the songs in her career. In the book, I found the details behind the song, I Will Always Love You, immensely satisfying, as she reflects on how the song was used in the Bodyguard movie, and transformed into a pop song through Whitney Houston's cover, as well as Elvis Presley's interest in the song. What was not in the chapter was some recent news about the song. Several news outlets reported that Dolly invested the royalties she received from Whitney Houston's cover of her song into a black neighborhood in Nashville, Tennessee. Dolly did this as a way to honor the black singer who boosted the song's popularity to new heights. With the money going into the complex, Dolly said that she thinks, quote, this is the house that Whitney built. This bit of information got me to thinking about the indelible mark people can leave on us and how we choose to honor and remember those persons. Though Dolly may have more money than many of us, her giving is reflective of her heart, faith, and her values. In what ways can we use our gifts and privileges to model what we value and believe? In what ways do we not have to wait for society or for institutions to follow suit before we decide to make a difference. 
This has been the audio advocate for September. You can access this podcast and other Connectional Ministry podcasts through many platforms, including Spotify, Apple, and the conference website. I want to thank our guest, the Reverend Brett Gresham, for joining us, and thank you for joining us. The Audio Advocate will be back next month.